this latest episode of uh, of Mind Matters, I have the pleasure of uh, chatting with Tip Cullen, former Royal Marine, uh, who is now an actor and 30 years in the Corps. My God, you get less than murder. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> easy. Oh, I know, I know, I know. But it's a passion, um, isn't it? Uh, well, yeah, it is a passion. Um, and, you know, you, I think going from one passion to another, uh, um, and having looked at your your bio, the stuff you're doing, you know, trained as an actor with the Actors Wheel Company in Plymouth, um, BA honours degree in acting, funded by the Legion, helped out with that by the Legion, which I think is is phenomenal. That's a really good. I didn't realise that they would. They no, no, I, I think with with that, the Legion help with some of the productions we've done since it. Ah, but, okay, uh, but not education wise. That was. That was done through obviously being an on grad was obviously support from obviously the services with LCAS and because it's got yeah. an expensive thing to get through university. So that, that yes. massively helped. That's no, but this, that's, I mean, it's fantastic. I mean, the things, you know, breaking into, was it, took part of the challenge of recovery through the arts production, Boots at the Door in December yeah. 2015. That, that was a really, was a great stepping stone for me and my transition. And I, I have to say, it was like a door and it was, I don't know, destiny or whatever else and that, but I'll, I, can spin, I can spin that and tell you that story because that's an incredible- Yes, you know, yeah, please do, I'd Well, when, when I, the, the sort of came when I was at 4-2 Commander, was a captain at 4-2 Commander. So I joined up as a, as a recruit, as a Marine, went through every rank up to the rank of captain and I, I left as a captain, but it was, it was a moment post the last tour in Afghanistan on Herrick 14. I was a 4-2 commander was the as the impressed holder. <laughs> okay. So I was sat in front of a, the computer screen and I was at that stage in my career where uh, I'd done, what, about 20, 26, 27 years. Uh, okay. And I was wearing my reading glasses, looking at a computer screen, and I was very fortunate in my career to spend most of my time playing commandos or being doing what I wanted to do and yes. be, you know, a, a sort of frontline commander within within the Royal Marines, which was, you know, that, that's what I wanted to do. So a realization happened. And I was also in the same commander unit as my son. And I looked across and went, ah, maybe there's something else in this life. And uh, I had a bit of an epiphany and I said, well, I'm going to have to move on. I'm going to have to do something else. What am I going to do? And uh, for me, it was being a Royal Marine and an Irishman. We're storytellers, aren't we? So for me, right, I've got to look at, I want to tell story. I want to, I do want to be, I want to be my own boss. I want to, I want to better, I want to create something. I want to, you know, not have a, not have a legacy, but also I wanted to commemorate and remember the guys that never made it back and maybe tell their stories or, or help telling their stories or, or, do something that I can always make sure the memories are kept on the line. So whether I'm writing or performing, it's just, you know, for them really. So yeah. I looked at it, went to Marjon University, went, right, I'm looking at creative writing. I think, you know, being a, you know, who I am, I'd be a good storyteller. And I went to, linked up with the, the people in, in the university and went into the sort of the creative arts side of things and with creative writing. And, but there was also, there was this degree in acting. And then I just had a little flashback to what life as a Royal Marine was. And from an early rank, you always have to be a performer. 
whether whatever it is, like you know, whether you're standing up as a lance corporal giving your first lecture, blah, 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 you know, giving your first lecture, cracking on with it, <laughs> right up to, you know, you you going out the door and you're in charge of a a bunch of, you know, marines and soldiers and sailors where you're going right, uh, we're going to be in contact with the enemy today, and in a way, I'm like I'm quite apprehensive, but they look at me and go right, uh, you have to perform, so I'm there at the front, same threat to life but you have to perform and you have to do it for your people so in reality that that form of acting is is real time is real life so i thought no that's what we do we act all the time and then look at the look at the terminology we use we go to a theater of operations everything we do we have to rehearse 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 yes. and you measure it always on your performance how you perform so i'm going there's, there's so many things and, I, and maybe it was one of those that's what i should be doing so you know, that's, you know, it was like an epiphany going, now that's why I need to storytell. So I f took that, that was my new focus. And after 30 years where I was completely focused on, you know, being career-wise, being a Royal Marine and my family as well, I yeah. thought, no, I need to, I need to be, I need to be a performer, a stand-up, tell stories and make it believable. And hopefully as we move forward, it's, it's kind of happening. So that's how I ended up as an actor as such. And the, the journey as an actor started from, from that stage. But going back to the boots at the door, when it came and I made a transition, sorry, and I went from, right, I've got to get a university, I've got to do an audition. So what do yeah. you do? So I had to, right, you Google things, that you're going to write to do a monologue or do this. So I picked a few classic uh, monologues as such and uh, a couple of contemporary ones, uh, done my audition and got a place at, uh, on the course at, uh, the BA Honours Acting Course, which is brilliant. But just at that point in time, it's in the summer, I'll be leaving the core and moving into university in the summer of 2015, it was. And uh, there was this performance with the RBL, Bravo 22 Company, uh, yeah. backed by the Drive Project. And it was to uh, put on a bespoke from people's you know memories uh, written by Jonathan Guy Lewis called Boots at the Door, and it was going to be performed at uh, the Theatre Royal in Plymouth. So I yeah. told my lecturers, going, yeah, I'm, I've got this thing, you know, is it all right? They're going, so hold on a second, you're going to, you're going to get to perform in the, on the lyric stage at the Theatre Royal in Plymouth. And I'm going, yeah, is that, is that, that's pretty cool, isn't it? You know, I'm going, I've never had that opportunity. So they were all quite jealous. So, <laughs> But they, again, the storyline with it, Boots at the Door, is about operations, about loss, it's about difficulties in fam within families and service families due to you know the impact of yes ptsd you know the mental the you know the, the hardships that families have to go through and it was an incredible play and and the the characters that i played it was a bit ensemble but i played a few main characters it was quite i could really dig deep because there's so many of my kind probably even myself that had been through what the character had been suffering and i hope it, it brought believability and as an opportunity as an actor, to, and I feel that as well with a lot of the projects I've done, when it becomes, when part of you as an actor is able to negotiate and become the character so much more because of your life experience, it's, it's a great help. And for me, it's it's also telling the story of the people that it means so much to me, and maybe aren't, and they aren't here now. Yeah, absolutely. I can, I can imagine that was just a, a very honest performance. Yeah. Yeah, from that that perspective absolutely um i haven't actually seen it but i would love to see it oh well i mean again it was a before christmas 2015 performed yeah. at 
Theatre Royal, uh, but it got me embedded with the people at Bravo 2 2, the RBL uh, uh, theatre aspect of things. Like I say, yeah. run by the incredible people at the Drive Project. And I managed from there to, to keep doing productions. I also done a, an, a, an associate producer on a, or a director, sorry, associate director on a, a play we done at uh, Birmingham uh, called uh, Rep Reparation Island at uh, in Birmingham, uh, <laughs> big theatre in Birmingham, I'll remember it in a second. <laughs> 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 and that's probably what, I remember working these lines a bit more, but uh, done that, but one of the big ones we'd done was uh, Unspoken, was we done, which was another RBL play, when this was, this was came, came nearly the end of my actor training uh, and I got involved with it. It was a story, the story, the character and the story I played is very deeply embedded with the person I am and my family background and generations away because my great grandfather died in the Battle of the Somme and I told the story and the connection was between generations going fighting wars, loss, but also why generation, because obviously he did it, there's a gap between my father. I was named after my great grandfather, and after my father, and then it came to me, and I made my decision and destiny, especially from the, the place I'm from, to do what I did. Yeah. And then also my son had a deployment operation, so you had that journey of potential loss, but loss as well, and why you know we as a as a society, as a culture, you know we do that sort of thing, and we feel honour bound to do it in some respects, but also. You know, to, to protect the freedoms that we have, I, I can see in the foreseeable future, there's always going to be that need, which is quite, it's quite scary, especially when you do have, you know, children and grandchildren growing up and you yeah. really do want the world to be a far better and more peaceful place. But as you can see now, it it's still right. very, we're always on tender hooks with what's going to happen globally. Well, absolutely. And even just as close to home as Liverpool, just, you know, the weekend, yeah. Jeez, you know, I and mean, that's, that's you know lucky escape with that one, really. Oh, completely, completely. And I also think it because of the technology we have now. Just those images of the taxi pulling in, all of a sudden that just happens in that in that instant, a life's lost. It could have been potentially, you know, mass catastrophic. But just in that instant, and it's happened to so many of our friends. Well, that instant, so many yeah. people's lives and destinies change because of that. And I think we always have to protect our our people and society you know with some way you know well we have no choice we have to do it yeah. don't we here when you're like i think as you for me you nailed nailed it with it with duty bound we have it's it's yeah. there to, to be done and not everyone wants to do it or is capable of doing it yeah but i mean that goes on to you know i'm not i'm not a politician i'm a former royal marine who's, who's an actor now but that goes on to like you know the climate we have to look after climate we have to look about you know look forward for our generations so that the freedoms and the love and the compassion that our country and our culture holds, we can just keep doing it, you know? Yeah, it's keep there to be used. Yeah. Definitely. 100%. So, from Unspoken to Ready Player One in Kingsman 2, what, how did that come about? Well, that was, that was a... Right, this is it, because this is the boat neck, isn't it? Boat neck is it, right. Got to be an actor, so, uh, right, uh, what's, what's this film in the like? What, what, what happens in films? So I became a, an extra uh, and was lucky enough to get a, a, a SPAC role, so like it's more of a specialist you know, support. Yeah, the firearms and that, and what we have in the Royal Marines. So I got to shut up, sh shoot up a building in uh, uh, 
Kingsman 2, uh, which was a good 10-day evolution. But for me, it was an education. So one, you're working yeah. on a very big production on a set. What does he do? What's the first do? What does the director do? What's the thing? What do the grips do? What do this do? You know what I mean? So you get it's all for me, it was completely educational and experience and exposure. But I also think it brings you down to earth in a way because they're all human beings. Every single person out there is a human being just cracking on and trying to make magic. And, and yeah. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that. And obviously, it's different ways of making magic. And the experience <laughs> yes. I got from the experience I got from working on, you know. It on Kingsman 2 with the production team and the people and that the director to working on Ready Player One where I uh, I, I still this is probably my my best story as an actor so far so Ready Player One I was a like a, an extra but uh, a supervisor in the uh, IOI or the one in the in the the bubble as such uh, yeah in the storyline in this sort of computer sort of techno world where there's a, a virtual reality existence and I was like a supervisor on the floor in this virtual reality building and this is like Steven Spielberg directing and when you're on set you're looking and just chatting away just in a few bits and pieces and you sort of google the people afterwards and you go well who's that who's that and it was the a team of of movie making you know from the from the grips uh, the grips to the director of photography to everything it was just complete all oh, this was the a team you could see that the friendship and banter was like a like a bunch of Royal Marines just about to go on patrol or about to go in, in Norway it's just they had it, but they were just making this perfection, this massive, like, sort of full, you know, logistical framework setup, you know, all focused on just that little pointy end where, where people are just doing the business, which, again, so much like the military as well. But my, 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 my Steven Spielberg day is, I was like on, I had, Olivia Kubank was the, uh, yeah, she was well, the main character, female character. She was like, you know, I had to sort of press a button. I was looking straight in her eyes, it was just, just not far away from her. And I just uh, I had to sort of press a button to make, make her the flash that she's inside her virtual reality space. Okay. And and the boom of the camera's coming behind me and that. And it's just, uh, right, uh, can, we, can we cut that, cut reset? I'm just, just sitting there chilling like as a reset and that. I had this little shuffle beside me. And I go, hey, hey, tip, tip. I like your rhythm, man. Just keep your rhythm good, man, yeah? And I've gone, I look around. And it's Steven Spielberg. And I just thought, that's it, I'm sorted. The bloke at me at E.T. and Jaws has just said, <laughs> he likes my rhythm, even though I'm just pressing the button and looking at the screen. But in another 30 seconds, so I'm pressing the button, looking at obviously Olivia, she's doing bits and pieces. And then I look around, see her, and I'm sort of going, just having a little reflection and thought of that. And then a guy walks off to, from the right, and I'm going, all right, John? And this is a mate of mine from the from Royal Marines, who we go back quite a long way. We were corporals together in, in support company back and forth to many, many moons ago. And he goes, what are you doing? So what are you doing? And he's uh, seems to be on the other side of me. He went, I'm looking after him. And I was like, oh, what are you doing? I'm in the movie. And it was just that little <laughs> sort of three blokes and just gone. And I just got to hold that little story, you know, just nice. shows you that, you know, it is a very small world, but... You know, I, I enjoyed it. And again, purely, I'd done that like, for my educational experience as an actor. And, and I don't think you're going to get better education in the world of movie making than being on set with Steven Spielberg, and which was, which is good. And I'm still waiting for the call to get me back and do a bit of an acting job. But hey, ho, right. might as well. Hey. Just you know, keep your fingers in the pies. Absolutely. Yes, you have to. Yeah. As many as possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, indeed. Yeah, is it? <laughs> so... How did going at the Soldiers Arts Academy and doing the, the Shakespeare and Remembrance? That's that's must have been quite a difference 
Well, that was that that transition was again. It was just one of these. It was an opportune moment, or something came along. Uh, we were just finishing the national tour with Unspoken. Again, Unspoken was was incredible, incredible storyline, incredible play. We took it to yeah. Edinburgh, and then we done a, a national tour with it, and then we finished it. Initially, we had it at uh, Newcastle Theatre Royal. Then we took it to Edinburgh. Then we done a national tour. And we finished at Sadler's Wells in in London, and won the cast, and that were all veterans, veterans' families, uh, and it it was incredible. It was a really, really polished, you know, and well delivered, incredible story, and and you know, a great performance and a great play. And I, and I still, I think that's one would, you know, it's quite enduring. It could could possibly still tour in that if there was an appetite of finance but it was a brilliant time but yeah. near the end of that I heard of the Soldiers Arts Academy and they were looking in November so we we're finishing the summertime looking at November for uh, to do a ensemble stroke you know connection with Shakespeare and Remembrance and that was going to be done in the uh, Sam Wanamaker stage at Shakespeare's Globe on on the evening of you know 100 years from the armistice being signed and I done I sort of scripted uh, a monologue just in connection sort of with you know that relationship between my great-grandfather through to myself and my son and mm-hmm. interlaced with you know and I, I use the people the the Shakespeare gurus at the globe and they sort of give me parts or parts from Shakespeare you know uh, little sort of elements of it that I could sort of you know put in and sort of sideways put it in so go from telling the story as myself to flipping into a, a Shakespeare character and delivering one line, which is, you know, most up and just connected with what we were going on about. Okay. And, and I done it and it was, it was an, you know, it was an unbelievable experience. So you're there, candlelit, Sam Wanamaker, really emotional day with a lot of, a lot of, you know, the people there had all connections to trauma and, and life and families and loss and, and remembrance. And when I, I got up and gave a monologue. It was quite weird. So I, I got up and it's so powerful just being in, in that space. Even though it's relatively new, you yeah. get that feel that you are on the stage, you know, when Shakespeare was was banging out his, his plays. And I was uh, on the stage and I went in there and it's like packed, like 300 people in a very tight, confined, you know, oldie-worldie sort of stage. And... And the, you look up and everyone's just above you and beside you and, you know, it's all around you. And and I give it. And when I, I remember finishing it, because it's quite a powerful thing, and you become the character and you you follow the journey of the story and it allows you little avenues to sort of snap, snap out, do something to focus on, very similar, but a completely different character, then back into the story, then back out, back in. And when I finished it, and I sort of finished, and, and it's like an abrupt finish and walk off, there wasn't even a clap. And I was like, I said, well, 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 you know, it got off. And it wasn't that, it was just because it's quite emotional. I went, and I think just when you end it, when it finished, it was just on those those words, just sort of bring it, bring it down to zero. And it was such a transition under the next sort of you know part of the ensemble, part of the act, a part of the play. Yeah. That uh everyone's out. Like, oh. And uh <laughs> at the end of it, I did I, I spoke to the producer, I said, oh, what do you what do you why wasn't there? I think and uh, Amanda just said, I think they were just gobsmacked so but i've watched the the other people there and the other stories that were told on that on that night yeah were absolutely incredible and they were so emotional thinking about loss and you know contemporary wars and families and you know there's daughters and and you know children just talking about the the loss you know the loved ones that died in theater and it was 
it was an incredible bit of history, I think, just being able to, to perform there and do it and to tell the stories that, that we were able to tell. So that, again, that's another very, it's a high point, but a very emotional point for, for my career as well. And, yeah. I, and I, since then, I was able to, they, we worked uh, doing, um, they brought us in to work and do the chorus work for the Merry Wives of Windsor uh, in the summer of 2019, just before COVID everything yeah. was normal and it seems like well I was like <laughs> it's gone two years ago but it was an unbelievable experience meeting some you know quality actors Shakespearean actors uh but also meeting the the, the people at, at Shakespeare's Globe and I, and I feel like part of the family there now it's just you know it's an incredible place and I I would always love to get I always love getting back there I know even for a cup of coffee and just a bit of banter with the people there but uh it's nice to get back and, and you know do workshops or uh, performer whenever I get the chance. So that's definitely some place that, you know, I'll always uh, have a bit of like a bit of home there, you know what I mean? Okay. No, like, yeah, it's just, you know, I, I suppose because it was such an emotional yeah. production, it just, you have, it's, it gives that deeper connection, doesn't it? It does as well, but I think it's where, where it was, where, where the, the globe is, it's just, just across the river from, St Paul's like and when the bells are going that you you know and that that's been ringing like that for a long long time since yes. since since you know before you know the song and I'm just thinking it's it was nice to do it in that atmosphere and that set it was brilliant yeah so I think it kind of leaping back a little bit in in some respects how in terms of Obviously, with, as an actor, you have to be very in tune with your emotions and be able to play with them and, and, and kind of take control of them to utilise them to, to, to perform. Yeah. Is there anything from the core that, that enabled you to do that or was there anything that kind of got in the way? Well, that was, I think, while I was training to become an actor, that was my biggest challenge. And I didn't realise when I, you know, when I, when I started the journey, and then when you get in the space and when you're improvising or creating things, when it comes to an emotional storyline or your character, you have to, it has to be believable. There's nothing worse yeah. than seeing somebody acting, acting. I mean, a classic <laughs> is, uh, is Amanda, who was one of my lecturers. She was there going, you know, I do, do part of a, the play where I walk down and she's like, right, Teb, uh, can you go back and do that again? Uh, and we just stop bloody acting. And I was like going, ah, I see what you mean. So you've got to be completely <laughs> believable. So that means you have to you have to go and reach the places in your in your memory and life experience to get the credibility. And for me, that was a really hard thing to do because the places I had to go to, and I just thought, hold on a second, I'm I'm sort of in a way utilizing the memory of my lost friends and comrades. Yeah. To, as a cheat, as a as a, you know, I'm using that memory to get a, to, to, to make a falsehood, you know what I mean? And that, that was, I couldn't do that. I mean, my integrity and, you know, and the honor and the thought, no, no, they're, they're too, they're too special. They're too sacred. I can't do that. So I, I had to have a real, it took a long, long, hard thing over about a month or so just to think about, well, why am I doing this? Why am I becoming an actor? And it's because, I can because I've got the opportunity to do this. So that was the realization that this is for them. This isn't for, for me. So everything I do is for 
the people that, that didn't make it, didn't get back. So I had to break that wall down. And I think as a Royal Marine, especially when you've been through, you know, pretty testy times, mm-hmm. you build up a resistance. You have to build up a resistance because it's, you know what I mean? I think, yeah. you know what I mean? And I think when we look at issues and things that happen to people now, they, they, they struggle with their experiences. So for me, I, I built up that resistance. The resistance was there. And I had to really work hard to break down that wall and welcome back my friends and speak to them and say, look, I need you to help me here. Yeah. And to be honest, they're always there for me. And it works, you know what I mean? When, when you're doing theatre work, it's good to, I want to tap into them and see them and speak to them. And sort of like, you know, you know, so anything, if anyone says to me, oh, that was an incredible performance, really believable. And I said, look, the reason it's believable is because of them. It's not because of me. It's not because I'm, oh, you're an incredible actor. It's not it's because I've got people that, that aren't here that I need to speak for. So that's an important thing for me. Yeah. And I'll always, you know, I've been feeling it now because it's, they're always there, you know what I mean? And I want them to be there, you know what I mean? 100%. Yeah. But it, in that way, I, I managed to, to break that wall down and, you know, and it's for them. So whenever I have to tap into that, you know, that emotional character who's having an emotional journey, I just visit my friends and just say, come and help me here. And they're always there. Yeah. I can relate to that in my own way. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure people listening to this will 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 uh will totally get that. It's that so. it is that it's that is that you know it's that resistance we build and and we have to, we have to build that. And I think it's not only for service people on operations, it's for people that deal with trauma day in, day out in the NHS, in care homes, and you know what I mean? Now they see real life death, you know what I mean? People working in community, people that, you know, support people in the community, you know, yeah. deal with trauma and that and going. So it is, it's not, it's a universal thing. You have to build that resistance up so you can help people. But there is a time where, you've got to break that wall down and tap into yourself and your emotions and how we cry every once in a while. Yes. It's, it, this is the thing that I've, I've found with a lot of, a lot of the, the guys that I've treated is that is exactly that is that they're afraid to, to kind of break down that, that wall because, you know, it's very, it's, you know, we, we, we have to protect, as you said, we have to protect ourselves from our own emotion because we can't feel compassion for somebody as we crash through a door and shoot them in the face. <laughs> doesn't work. Does but, it? Okay, yeah. And that's a split second and that, but that split second will last for you forever. You know what I mean? But, yeah. but so, again, yeah. it's that, unless you talk about it, unless you understand, and I think as well, even in split second decisions, especially in my, my own personal case, every time that I've had to pull the trigger, it was life or death and it was for a reason. But I'd also say that my in my career in the Royal Marines, 30 years, about 0.0001% was actually that, you know, thing. The rest of the time on operations-wise was really supporting people, whether it be feeding people, you know, helping build, you know, rebuild their lives and, and that, yeah. or stop, you know, you know, in civil war routine or, you know, or just, you know it, to me, it, my whole life has, has been more of a, and it's not, I mean, I, I can say it, it's been more of a, you know, I'll save her, I'm there, I was protector. The respect, you know, the values and honour that I have and lucky to have where I come from yeah. to be able to sort of in some way use that 
you know, that it's not moral high ground, but just use it to protect people and just give that. Because like I say, we're all exactly the same, we're all human beings. And if I can give a little smile of face or a little bit of comfort, a bit of food, I'm going, job done. That's what it's about. Yep. Big part of the Royal Marines is hearts and minds, isn't it? And, and, and oh, supporting yeah. and protecting communities that don't have it. And I think with the Royal Marines, because you are, you're trained in such a condition, in such a way, you give that, um, you give that confidence to other places of being there, give that confidence because you've got this band of incredibly strong, physically strong, robust and kind hearted, you know, maybe people say, no, it's not, you know, I said, no, completely, you know, these are, these are some of the, the people I've met in the Royal Marines are without doubt, not only the physically sort of strongest people I've ever met, but also that, you know, mentally and also, you know, with heart, bigger hearts than, than so many, you know I mean? I'd say they, they, they are, they're, they're an incredible bunch. But again, yeah. remember, there's arseholes everywhere in there. So, but I think in the core, we have a yeah. disproportionately massive uh, group of good, good people. Like, Yeah, I think it, it does attract a different kind of person. Yeah. And that's, I mean, and also the, the diversity within the Royal Marines is, <laughs> if you say that, that, we all come from different corners of, I'd say, even the world, not only like, you know, not only our yeah. islands, but different world. And we sort of come there with that. That same thought. We have to achieve the same thing. We have to get to the same level, and we have to, you know, deliver at the end of it. And the quality yeah. and the characters I've met is gobsmacking. In fact, I'd say there's so many of them on the telly now. Which I trained I him. I trained him. I took him. I remember him. And I, you know, what I mean, so which I don't mind because it means that they're moving on and they're doing like you know bits and pieces. It's brilliant to see, but but it's just that that isn't just like you know in the sort of like in the so the public eye, but some of the, the things that Royal Marines have went on to do, supporting other people and even entrepreneurship and everything else, they've just got this yes. little bit of magic, which, I mean, you know as well, so I know that when you go into a room, you go into a room, you, know, you sort of sense, there's like an aura and you're going, did you used to be a Royal Marine? And it's just, you're like, that. <laughs> straight away they're going, yeah, I think I know you. <laughs> but it's, it's just an aura and people like, but I have to admit, when, we, when we've done, Shakespeare's Globe, and this this is just a, it's a I guess it's the classic Royal Marine sort of scenario. There was a you know it was a big sort of you know cross cross board service people, so you had people from you know all branches of the armed forces and their families uh, you know involved with the production. But I knew Cassidy that was was on it. Cassidy was a good friend of mine, Cassidy, but Cassidy was in the performance. So I knew Cassidy. I knew Cassidy was a former Royal Marine. So that was the first time we sort of met personally, even though we'd we'd operated close by each other and on different different you know at times yeah but for him the for him so i knew he was wrong with me but there's these other two uh young guys uh that we were doing rehearsals now i was watching them do like you know part of their ensemble and there's these two little uh, young young lads or not well by comparison to me they were young lads <laughs> <laughs> they uh and i just saw they're absolutely they a little spark the energy the magic that everything that in, intellect everything i'm going ah, yeah, well, it just shows you. you know, I mean, you get you get quality everywhere, and you do in the armed forces. You get quality everywhere. Yes. And uh, when when we got on the main stage, it was uh, one of them just turned around. Should we get a bootneck fault? And I went, I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. And my my bootneck my bootneck radar. I'd I'd feel me. I went again. They they must be. But then I thought, no, 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 come back. They can't be because obviously we get there's, there's magical people everywhere. But it's just certain there's certain th aspects of. The, yeah. the way they, you know, the way they sort of like uh, 
projected themselves are straight away. I should have just let you let your bootneck radar run with it. It just goes bang. And I was like, and it was, so there's four of us are, and it was just four of us with the bootnecks. And it was, it was quite, but you know, it was one of those moments that you go in a room going, I can tell. <laughs> yes, they're in here. Where are they? <laughs> I know it is, it is just, just bonkers. <laughs> Or as soon as you start chatting chat to them after a while, they go, oh, yeah, you spend the rest. Oh, no! It was just, 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 and I don't know, but it's a subconscious thing. I don't know, but it, it, you just, you suss it. And, and some, are, well, yeah. a hell of a lot of my friends that, that weren't Royal Marines, they suss it straight away as well. They're going, you used to be a burner, can you? <laughs> yeah, so it's it's just, there is, there's something that, uh, and it, we're not separate. We're fully part of society, but there's just, there's a little bit of magic with, with, with Royal Marines, I think. There is, there is. You know, one of the things that I just, <laughs> <laughs> how many sods operas yeah have, uh... <laughs> well no but that's it well it's a classic when i was at, when i was at university when i started you know started actor training because like, have you got any um you know background in theater work or you know film i'm going uh, we have this thing called sods operas in the world and uh you know it ships apparently ships operatic and drama society from the old days when you're on board and everyone used to go up and do the skits for you know obviously to make fun out of the, the sort of management, the officers in charge. Yeah. And I said to him, and he was like, oh, I think I've heard about these things. But I have to admit that the swords operas that I've we've all done, yeah. I think some of the talent, and obviously some of the like darkness there as well, but some of the talent, <laughs> the comedy and the ability and the talent yeah. of, of the, the people that we've done it with was gobsmacking i mean i even now i'm thinking i've got these little chuckles because you, you we can all remember sort opera sketches that people are doing which the talent was unbelievable and also that you know the 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 way we push the boundaries so much i just thought you know it's incredible like especially in norway right. you know I mean? and it covered over there was there was lighting there was set creation yes there was, there was hair and there was, makeup, people, there was yeah but everything yeah i mean that was it there's probably permanent marker for your lipstick and everything else but it was it was, you know, it was done. There was, there was a curtain. There was like, it was all, all the, the pomp and ceremony with the stage production goes into the Swords Opera. And it's all just through efforts that the costume making and that, like, yeah, I mean, it, it's just incredible. Like, and it is that effort too. And I, it, it, while I mean, this, this sort of leads on to another thing, because you can see that I, I, at that stage, when I was in, you know, in the Marines, was I could see, the benefit of the Swords Opera, you know, that ability to get up and pretend to be somebody else and do it and have yeah. fun and do this sort of thing. I, I seen that. And whilst I was doing my actor training, there's a there was a module called the Community Centered Actor. And I thought about, right, what am I going to do about this? Uh, you know, there's a full spectrum to support the community through the arts. But I thought I have to be, I have to think about my people. So I approached Hasler Company in, in Plymouth uh, and ask could I do maybe a couple of workshops, acting workshops with, with you know people people that are down there in in the the company, and okay. they they let me go ahead with it. So I I done two workshops and I focused. The first one was on swords operas. You know what I mean? So it went through like you know as any actor would know like you know went through a workshop. So we do an act, we warm up, we do different exercises, get everyone talking, get everyone engaging. You're in the space, you're cracking on with it, and. And then we went into Sods Operas and we just went in through, right, pick your best Sods Opera sketch. The, you know, the, the classic sort of like Sods Opera sketches, the, you know, right, right, let's go for it. And everyone, and there's so many people that were struggling both with mental health issues and physical injuries. But, you know, there's a group of maybe about 10, 15 of them. And they were, they just, the lights just went on and they they transformed. And I could see the magic. It was especially, you know, and I'd say that, you know, that, and this was a, you know, a diverse part of the, uh, the armed forces, you know what I mean? You know, 
Yeah. Or, yeah, I mean, different, all colors, all cat badges, you know, everything, all the people were there. And it's still that little bit of magic of, you know, the, the people that won the bootnecks and knew what Swords Opera was about. They sort of led with it. You know, they had that little bit of magic and, you know, got, got themselves going. But they were able to transform. And even the characters, you could see, instead of being in that dark place, it allowed them to, you know, get away from and separate from it. And then this, I thought I thought it really went well. And then we'd done another workshop. And this time we based it on the Two Worlds of Charlie F, which was the first production done by Bravo 2 okay. And they've got an education pack online. So I've got the education pack offline. And right, we'll do that. And we, you know, I just follow the pack. Exactly the same like workshop, get in, warm up, you know, get the space, get themselves focused on it. And then we started going through it. And what I seen though was it's just that, you know, and I I done it in a selfish way because I was I'm doing a module, I'm doing a module at university. But when I seen what benefits these people got through that opportunity in the space to go through their memories, go through what they've been through, but transform it and become somebody else and be the person that was on the other end of the, the wire, the person that commanded them in, in scenarios they'd done. And it, it was, but it was gobsmackingly mind opening. I mean, it was like, my God, this this really, really works. Yeah. People are benefiting massively from this. Yeah. And again, in my selfish way, I'm going, I can't follow this because I knew then I would get wrapped up in that there and that would become the focus of my career rather than, you know, I've got to become a successful actor so that then I can go back in there and go, this this magic. But but it's that confidence I have now that getting people in the space and talking about their issues or their problems yeah. is really, I'd say... I'm not a doctor or a medical, you know, thing. But I'd say for the for the mental health of people, it's incredible. And it's an it's a, if it was if it's done in a you know a measured and and safe you know environment. Yes, it's incredibly beneficial. Yes, well, one of the key, yeah, absolutely, one of the key things for for people who's struggling with trauma and chronic stress and depression, etc., is is state change to change them out of that state they're in. Yeah, and that dust. That does, especially when they're with other people who they feel safe with. Yeah. And like I say, Si, it's, it's one of those, it was an accidental awakening for me. It was like, it was, yeah. but it was, but it was mind blowing. It was like, I get it now. I really do get it. Yeah. You know, and, and all, all those little adventures that I've had training as an actor and becoming an actor, it has really educated me on, on what people on, on people themselves, on human beings and, you know, where we are and what, what can help them and, and love and kindness and everything else that goes with it. And I think in the space, if you've got safe space, vulnerable people can really like, it can change their lives, I think. Yeah. hundred percent. Uh, and it's, it's something that, that, that we need more of. Yeah. So yeah, it is. And like I say, but it's investments all down to finance. Do we afford it to do this? But it's just, it's, in the, that that spine of our mental health through the NHS or or even support charities, if we can get something up and running, and I do see it with Bravo Two too, because the productions we've done, there were people that were vulnerable who've been suffering quite a bit, and the opportunities yeah. they were given, and Soldiers Arts Academy they've been given for them to step up and get involved, it has transformed them, and I'd say they're more of a an example of the benefits of theatre than. Than I am because I'm, I see myself as quite a, you know, well-rounded character who's got strong support to be who I am, what I am. But a lot of people don't yeah. have that, and uh, I have seen, you know, 
seismic changes in, in people from from you know through Bravo Two Two and, and the social arts economy. So yeah. I can definitely see the benefit for veterans, and of course that then means for the wider community as well. Yeah, and you know, and, that, and I mean that's and what a beautiful thing to be able to see as well that yeah. change in people. Really a, a good a good technical measure is gobsmacking. Gobsmacking. Yeah. It was it was like a mega slap on the face going, whoa, this really is transformative, you know. Yeah. What's what, what would I it's always hard to kind of pin it down to one thing, but what what would the what are the, the the most valuable things do you think you've taken from your experiences in the core? To, to get to to kind of take you through that transition into acting and to, and to, to doing it full time now. I mean, it's this. I, I don't. Know, maybe it's it's a classic. Oh, you're just you've been so long in the forces. You're just a you're just a product of the system and all that. <laughs> but whatever you have in life, and I'm like, whatever you have in life, and know there are certain methods and means of management and systems of production we use nowadays, but there is always a sort of military vein running through. No matter what anyone says, everyone says, no, it's, you know, I said, right. But when you're in a theater company, you're the cast, you're the players, you're the soldiers. Who's the manager? Who's the officer in charge? Who does the logistics to G4? When you're doing, working for Steven Spielberg, or, you know, I mean, maybe what, a couple hundred million pound project, but it starts with, right, that's the actor number one there. That's it, that's it, that's a director, that's the support. Who gets the intelligence? Who does the research? Everything that there just goes back, logistical support, massive. Can we do that? Can we afford that? So we're doing finance, we're doing this. So I'm going, isn't that exactly the same as a military operation? Who's in overall charge? Oh, the producer. You know what I mean? Is he who's the CEO? Is the director, the ops officer? Is he anything out there? But but they all have it. There is, and no matter there's a status in there, there's a some people have that. We have to listen to that there. When you're it's it's best when the two yeah. dynamics of for me as an actor, like you've got film, you've got theater. In theater, obviously you the the director coordinates it all you get there you're there you're living in your character's role you're engaging you're connecting with all your all the people on stage you maintain you know that connection which is again is operating on the ground as you do as a soldier yeah but you'll get the director director will go back and go right now can you do this here's your notes so your notes are this this and this transform this and this and you do it but when you step back on the stage then you you've got that those notes but you still own it again but yeah. as when you film You'll get the director's notes and everything else now, and then you'll go right. Uh, cut, can we do that again? Cut. Can we do that again? Cut. Can we do that again? And then you have to, you even away. Go right. No, I've got to get this right. I've got to get it right. I've got to be in his mind and do that and think about that screen and get inside there and go what way they want it, what look they want. And it's very as a, as a, as a an actor, they are so different, but very similar in a lot of ways. You know what I mean? But it's yeah. with that. But for me, the the thing that's helped me is just that that completely military understanding. What time you want me there? What rig you want me in? What do you want me to do? Who do you want me to be? And that goes the same as like, you know, you know, I said that acting thing. You know, and one of the stories I've said before is, you know, when, if you run the Shura in Afghanistan, so you're going to a village, you're going to meet a person. Normally the village elders, male, oh girl, you meet a village, you're in the mountains in Western Afghanistan and you're there, you've got no malice, you've got no hatred. You've obviously got battle with people that are probably persecuting them anyway or putting them living them in making them live in fear yeah so you're going to meet him but you want in some way to give him he speaks a completely different language to you so you're doing it through an interpreter you're looking him straight in the eye but you want to give him a message but there's no malice and no hatred but you have to perform you've got to give him it could be a firm message going you need to be good 
It could be, how can I help? You know what I mean? So you've got to be, and you've got to give it through your eyes, your mannerisms, your body. You've got to give a firm thing out there. But there's no, there's no malice, there's no hatred, there's no nothing. You've got to perform to make sure he understands what you've got to give him. Yeah. And if that's not acting at the best of times and doing it and giving reassurance is the best one, that trust, which is important, I think that helps. Yeah. So you think about all those, all those little experiences and understanding when you come into the acting world. It's all very similar, you know. Yeah, I like the, I, I I like that kind of that tie-in between between those two worlds that are very different. Yeah, but with that commonality. But that's that's what I mean because so many people say to me, "Going, that's such a transition and so different." But I, I know maybe maybe I'm waiting for something to hit me and say, "Yes, it is different." But I'm going, no, "That's not really." You still have to perform at the end of the day. And you have to get yourself onto that performance. And that has to be created, supported throughout it. And that's exactly the same as any sort of military evolution as well. So, yeah, you know, maybe my bubble will burst one day and I'll go back and I'll give you, yes, I remember I said that. It's all bollocks. But, <laughs> but really, at the minute, it's all so true. <laughs> No, it's, it, it, it makes, it makes sense. It makes perfect sense. You know, I can, I can, I can see that, that tie in very clearly. Now you put it like that. That's uh, that's nice. Actually. It's a nice, it's a nice distinction, but it's a nice yeah. bit of clarity. Yeah. And that's obviously through, through my goggles rather than my binoculars rather than, you know, somebody else's. It's just, it does give me clarity. You know what I mean? So even like when it comes to auditions or things out there, I just, I, you know, I mean, time, place, what you want to be, do it, do your research, do your recce's, rehearse, 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 get yourself in there, you're there now, you're in this space. And that's my only thing. If I leave an audition and go, ah, I didn't do it right. You know what I mean? That, that is quite, you know, but if I go there, I give it and go, I come out and go, yeah, I quite like that. Then I'm happy with myself. It'll never be perfect because you must be, you go back and go, no, no, I'll do it again, do it again, do it again, and go, no, no, just go there. And if you be yourself, but the character, because every character, and I think every actor says it, you've got to, it's got to be you somewhere in there. Even if I'm doing like a, a posh RP type of character, yeah. in there, there's there's little tip Colin getting out, but he's there. But obviously you dress it in different things, but it's still you as an individual, as an actor that does it for the credibility and believability. That's, that's And that's how I see it. And when you educate yourself, and you're always, as an actor, you never stop getting educated. Like every people I work with, whether it be, you know, theatre work or film work, I just, you take, you, it's like, it's a Royal Marine thing. You're a sponge, aren't you? You go, I like that, I like that. Ooh, yeah. I don't like that. You know what I mean? And you take, I, I've, through my career, I've gone, in a way, you're going, you, you've looked at mentors, you're going, I like him. I'll take a bit of that. Ooh, don't like him. Ooh. You know what I mean? You've got to, and I think that puts you in a good place. I think maybe a lot of people don't maybe follow the role guidance you know what i mean or you know and don't have that little sort of like component to go ah there's something ah, i don't like that step back from that but that is right that's you know what i mean so just you, you got to take the, life's all about learning and as an actor i don't think i'll ever stop learning so uh, any little gems i get i just pick up all the time and go ah i like that and it's good because you're like ah, just go ah because there's, there's questions inside your head asking well what how do how do i feel that way well, how would i do that how would i get there who who, who, who you know so there are little, not, not, not tricks, there's just different avenues to follow. And I think in life, that's exactly the same. You've got to pick the right avenue, you know, and, you know, and focus yeah. and give 100%. So 
it's not like nothing's given. Absolutely nothing's given. No, especially in this industry. Not. Especially, especially <laughs> like me. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I'm going, I'm a sort of haggard old gent. <laughs> Becoming an actor and is, you know, somebody said, my formative years. No, no, that was my formative years. So I'm now, you know, in a very sort of brutal industry uh, and just plan yeah. my career. But with that, I, I am glad that I am doing it, like I say, because of people that can't do it, but also because I'm in a position in my life because my clan's also like grown up and, you know, I've got grandchildren, things like that. Yeah. And the responsibilities are very much, if, if, say this was like 25, 30 years ago, I don't think I could do it because I had too much responsibilities and that commitment and they on the insecurity of, of life in the industry as an actor yeah i don't think i could do it there are other other different disciplines within the industry i could have followed which would be far more lucrative and you know i mean well paid and probably more steady but i'm an actor so that's the path i'm, I'm, I'm following so i'm allowed to do it because of my stage in my life if i was younger it would be a lot more difficult especially in your family or whatever choices oh. in life you're going to make you know? yeah so, where are you going to live? Are you going to get a mortgage? Can't get a mortgage. I haven't got. I mean, so so many things. So, so I'm I'm in a. Well, for me, this was the, the time to do it, and it wasn't like oh, it was all planned. Remember, my my decision to become an actor was was from storytelling at Marlborough University not long ago. So, the decision's yes. been made. There's yeah, and you've you know you've like we like we do. I think we're very curious creatures, Royal Marines. We like to learn. We love to go on courses. <laughs> I know. Well, no, maybe not love to go on courses, but it's one of those you you can't help but just start hoovering things up and try and be yeah. the best, you know, the best that you can be. And the, you know, it's all about how, what can I do? What can I deliver? How effective am I? How good am I? It is. It's all your quality. The worst thing you could ever say, yeah, Royal Marine is going, yeah, you're, you're a bit shit, a bit weaker, aren't you? But this, you know, you're not going, ah, what? <laughs> what? But, and again, we, but we, Again, the depth we have and the understanding we have, we can use that. But when you're operating and you're there, you always want to give your best. No matter what, you want to give your best. And as long as we've got people that appreciate that people are giving the best, then I think the core's always in a safe place. Uh, yeah, I think you've, you've gone from two, two um, industries that both give brutally honest feedback. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, no, I'd say I'd say in the acting industry, the, the 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 feedback isn't as brutally honest, but it's all about effects. So there's a lot of yeah. positivity, and I do enjoy that. I love the industry because a lot of positivity, possibly people consider it over positivity, but it's nice to be positive all the time. But there's also the the measurement or the the sort of like the truths in it. Are they going? You don't get the job, you <laughs> know? And so, yeah. you know, yes. so it's like getting let down lightly. We're in the core. I think we are brutally honest. They're going. Uh, maybe you should think about doing something else. Maybe there's something. Yeah. Maybe it's, you know what I mean. So, but with that, it still works. And I think the measurement record gives you a lot of life sort of rules or life uh, experiences or lessons. Definitely lessons I I learned in the Royal Marines. Oh, completely. You know, without a shadow there. And there's a few traumatic experiences that that gave me those lessons as well. Yeah. 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 It's um. I know, as, as hard as they are, they do shape us, don't they? Oh, yeah. yeah. Make us better, I think. I love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as a, as a 20, until, because I've I sort of done, done reserve time as well, I've been a, a mountain leader for 20, 
seven years. Yeah. And I gone, and I just I still got a little cheeky grin because no, you get when you're trained at that level and you, you sort of continue doing it, and you you just have a little cheeky grin in your face when our younger, you know, younger people I work with, they just get exposure to these like traumatic events, whether it be operations or or in you know environmental events, whether it be in Norway or sandstorms or jungle or anything, you just got this little you know you've got this you've got this little sort of dark it's not a darkness because you know because you because you know how capable the human being is and how far it can go and what what environmental sort of like you know yeah. conditions it can put up with whereas it's all a learning experience for everyone else so let's say even as an actor i'm learning now but same as a marine those all those times you pushed it it's always pushed the boundaries the boundaries but that makes you as a person so more confident and what you can achieve and what you can do. And I've got that in my my bag now. And that's only from the, you know, the duration, the survivability, the, the fact that I'm here still to do it, that, that I'm able to sort of have yeah. that in my bag, which helps as an actor, but it's just one of those, it's one of those little dark things that we like in it. I mean, tomorrow I'm up filming at a fog and tour, doing a oh, little, yeah. Uh, yeah, we've got to do a little bit of Shakespeare with a couple of former Royal Marines that are filmmakers. And we're going to just just have a little few little experiments, you know. And this is not a paid role; it's just a bunch of bootnecks going. Let's get up, get there. We'll do this here. We'll do a bit of Shakespeare. We'll do this here, run by fog and tour. And I'm going, how spooky is that? And I'm hoping they're like, oh, we need good weather because we're going to use drone and things out there. And I'm going, oh yeah. yeah. But I do like it when it's just a bit more blunt and that there. But the tech won't survive the the sort of weather that I, I would prefer. But it'll still be lovely. And I'll just it's just again bunch of bunch of former bootnecks making magic. And that's. Can't ask for better than that, really. Yeah, no, I can't. What a great day. Yeah. So what are you, What are you working on now? What's What are you, have you been working on, and what What are you What are you working towards now? Well, uh, obviously, we're still in. I am like this. My My wife despises this beer. <laughs> apparently, so I, I never thought of it this way. But apparently, if you, you know if you have a if you have a spaghetti bolognese or something, get a bit of a spaghetti on my beard. She has this fierce going. <laughs> Face looks like a dog's ass. I'm not going. <laughs> really? <laughs> so nice. with a bit of a clinker hanging off, and I'm going, oh, what, what, what a pleasing head I must have. But <laughs> she's always so when it comes to kissing as well with the beard, she's like, so it's 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 that mm. I've got the beard at the minute because we're finishing off. We've just got a few very crux scenes to shoot for Sunray. Yes. I mean, because obviously the team team has done a brilliant job. Got this, got it where we are now. Uh, I thought I would be beardless and looking for a different look for as an actor, but I'll have this until about late January, early February, when we get the last scenes in, okay. uh, and then I'll probably won't keep me hair for a bit longer, but I'll I'll, I'll be trimming back my beard uh, and maybe get rid of it. Just just again, it just gives opportunities and different look as an actor. Uh, I'm also R and D in a play with uh, Jonathan Guy Lewis at the minute called The Healing, uh, which is good. That's with the Soldiers Arts Academy. Uh, I've had a couple of auditions this week, uh, three or four actually, in the last couple of weeks. Uh, waiting out for for them, and they're just small sort of shooting things. One of them's quite quite chunky if it comes off, uh, but the other ones are quite small short films. But it's just keeping my, my fingers in pies and. And keep doing the job. So I'm quite happy to sort of like, you know, go where I have to go and become who I have to be. And you know, I mean it, it's what it's what I do now. It's what I do. Yes. I'm I'm I've having seen all the, the, the stuff that's been 
um, promoted out on, uh, on on Facebook about Sunray. Really, really looking forward to seeing that when it comes out. Well, I'm. I mean, I'm an actor now. You know what I mean, but I've I've obviously been part of the you know the the team you know the, the lads the lads have created it from their you know the, the team have created it from their own experiences the way they've scripted it and layered it and the, the cast that we've got you know the, the diversity of the cast but also yeah. the storylines and they sort of like empowered strong people in there as well is it is quite incredible and i know that, that on the tech side of things the filmmaking side uh the the triumph the the the, the three guy the three guys that are sort of like you know the our, our DPs, stroke producers, stroke directors, former All Marines, all three of them are very, very talented human beings. And for me, the one, uh, because this is very close to home, storyline's brilliant. It's a thriller. Like I said, it's, it's something that, um, it's, you know, it's an action, it's an action thing, but it's the integrity of it is, is really its central focal point. So for yeah. me, the, when when it's when it comes out, as long as we can get across to all those people that really really matter to me, and this isn't just former Royal Marines, but former service people, veterans, people from the wider community that's faced trauma, just the issues that that they've have to deal with and have to put up with, but yeah. also the fondness and memories for the people that are lost and never made it, and it's I hope you know, no no spoilers or anything, but I just know no. that. You know, no, I, I know, I know that will come out. I want that. That's that's the that's the sacred thing, and that's the all those people that I said that the reason I do it for. I want them and their families to sort of like you know to, to get it. You know what I mean? Even though, like I say, it's a it's a it's a it's a thriller. It's a completely made up story, but yeah. uh, it is a lot of home truths in it as well. That's gonna be. I think it's gonna be uh, another powerful one when it. Um... Yeah. Well, so when can we look? When can we look forward to it? I think it's going to be by the time we get the final scene shot, which we're, you know, said the very crux scenes. Uh, we're going to post. We look more at Easter timeline. It's not the, the timeline that the guys wanted, and there's a lot, of, lot of interest in it uh, from you know production and platforms and that. And we've just got to keep you know getting it out, keep the fingers and pies, and get get it on the correct platform. And I know when it does come out. Uh, it'll be it'll be incredible work. Not well, not only because of my absolutely unbelievable acting capability, absolutely. But also, but because because the guys know how to make magic, and it's the old classic polishing a turd. I'm sure they can polish this old turd. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I've been using that expression just recently. I, I I did a talk on Saturday night, and I I, I added to it, courtesy of somebody else's expression, was you can't polish a turd, but you can roll it in glitter. Which I thought yeah. was very strictly. So yeah, <laughs> it is, isn't it? Yeah. Which again, it's all part of it, and people support that that rolled up in glitter. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I felt like that turd sometimes being rolled in glitter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's hope it's not needed for this one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. I don't think so at all. No, I think it's, it's going to be uh, from what I've from what I've read and understood and chatted to people about it i think it, it looks like it's going to be an amazing piece it is i mean let's say uh, we're looking at three three episode uh series whether it be online or wherever the platform is uh but the the team is actually using it for a, a pilot sort of like to, yeah. to see if it can if it's got legs but there's so many people doing that type of thing because it's 
because with digital imaging, digital filmmaking, we've got accessibility across the board now. So it's not like a niche. There's yeah. a, it's a very, very big and growing community of people making making film work, which is brilliant because, you know, it allows us, technology allows us to make some incredible stuff now. And yeah. it, it can be anybody. I mean, anyone can be a storyteller or a filmmaker. And I think it's brilliant to see. So whatever that's, what we do get out of this, I'm, for me, Sunray is it's all about our people it's all about our people and as long as that comes across uh that for me is job done and that's really that that's important for me that is yeah yeah I can see that from yeah. just exudes you know it's just I know I know I know try not to be you know I mean? no it's 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 a nice thing to see passion mm. oh there's loads passion. of that loads of that I mean I'd say and, and all the people involved in it feel the same way. And that's not only the veterans, that's all the cast. Uh, like, and they, they come again from all corners and they, they fully get it. And it's, it's I mean, it, yeah, yeah, let's just see. Let's just see how it goes. But I'm very, very confident. Yeah, quite right too. Quite right too. There's nothing, no cuff too tough as always. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes that makes the best ones. <laughs> Yeah, but there's no. But that's it. But we're we're not. It's it's a pretty up and running sort of like you know yeah, yeah. professional production. Absolutely. Um, with your with your wealth of, of of experience now, from different perspectives, what advice would you give to somebody who's kind of in a transitionary period in life and 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 finding it sometimes overwhelming? For me, it's. It's all about, remember we were talking about the old, you've got to be happy in your salty old boots, wherever those boots are, yeah. whether they're a pair of scraggy old salty combat boots or whether they're pole dancing stilettos. It doesn't matter. The fact is you've got to be happy with who you are as a person. The move forward, I know for a lot of honourable people, they, they struggle and they find it hard. You've got to be able to focus on what you want and make make everything measurable or you know achievable in some way so little yeah. small small gains move forward but always forward never look back and i've seen so many friends that, that really are struggling with moving forward and i think the it's like remembrance remembrance to me is so important because it is for remembering all those people that can't be with us today and i have sacrificed so much but we can't hang around with them still you know I mean I call on them to see them and, you know, and, and to help me, but it's always that way it's got to be forward. It's like as an actor, I'm going, I get made redundant nearly every week. You know what I mean? I'll do maybe a two-day film if I'm lucky, and yeah. then I'm redundant. Like, what's the next one? I just keep it, look forward, look forward, and just look at the next sort of job and what I can do. But life, whether it be, you know, from objective or subjective dangers through what happens you, you trigger or what life triggers for you, throws obstacles and blocks in the way for whatever you want to achieve there's always something that you've got to, you know overcome a hurdle to overcome and those hurdles could be you know 10 foot wide and 20 foot thick and you think you're never going to get over it but you've got to fight on and get over the top of it which again goes back to like you know fundamentals where you know you fight yeah. through as a royal marine yeah but i think for life you really have got to keep keep doing that and just be realistic and understand that there are always going to be people and individuals and obstacles that will stop you achieving what you want. But it's got to be measurable. 
there's only going to be one Elvis Presley. There's only ever going to be one, you know what I mean, Steven yeah. Spielberg. There's only, I mean, that, that there just only always be one of you, but you've just got to do, and if you've got a smile on your face, whatever you do, that's you. You are, you're, you are, you are royalty then. You know what I mean? You're, you're achieving what, what life's about. I mean, my, my, my wife, my, my soulmate, my partner, she is the, she is, you know what I mean? She's my role model I look at. She's just like, you know, extremely strong, always smiling. I'm like the, uh, the Victor Meldry of the party, the miserable I would get type. <laughs> but she's, you know what I mean? And she, yeah. she, she makes it that, but I learned so much now that, that you've got to look at yourself. You've been given a, a life and that life is short for all of us, no matter what. Don't make it shorter, but also just have a smile on your face. If you have a smile on your face, it doesn't really matter how much money you've got. It doesn't matter what how successful you are. If you're the best at something, it doesn't matter. When you've got a smile on your face, you know you you pick yourself good friends, and and then rely on your family. And hopefully, you know you've got a family that supports you and do what you do. But you know, even for my my young colleagues at university, for me it is you've got to be positive. Going to have obstacles, you've got to keep fighting forward. But there's also there's a certain thing about survivability. So, whatever your targets, your focus is, you've got to be able to survive. So even if it's yeah. if it's acting or any sort of new career path you have, first thing you've got to do is right. How am I going to live? You know, to make this happen. So you've got to survive. So whatever the job you've got, especially when you're a young actor, you've got to have a job that's going to give you the flexibility to be able to cut away, do an audition, do this, do that. You know what you do, but also bring you back or pick a, or because, you know what I mean? Or use the, the skills you have to become something that maybe come back to, but you've got to be able to survive. And survivability isn't just you, you know, being able to feed and water yourself. It's about having a community around you, a support mechanism where you can, when you do get these knockbacks and fallbacks, you've got somebody to speak to and do speak. Don't, don't clam up, be the person you are and just yes. speak to them. And also you'll get, if you do speak, you'll get more home truths because people go, is that realistic? Don't ever stop your adventures or your winning other, but, but obviously listen to guidance and help. And the people, it's a classic one, right? Like, you know, when, when you're young, your parents give you all these wise sort of words and everything. And when you're younger, you're sort of, you're a bit obstreperous, aren't you? You're sort of, do they really know, like, do they know what they're on about this and that? And I look back to the words that my family and my father and my mother and, well, everybody that I used to give it, mm, no, but now I'm going, no, it was all wise. And they do it because they love you. They you want you to, to get on in life. And yes. sometimes with my kids, I, I do the same. I give them, I give them this wonderful guidance. And they look like I'm exactly the same as I did when I looked at my father. Going, oh, really? But you can see as they as they go, you know, mature, and they are like every second will mature and as it goes, they realize that you you're given this information, these home truths for because of love but you never want to stop anybody's adventure. You just want to give them guidance and give them the path. And then it's, yeah. at the end, the only, people, the only people that achieve anything is you. Is you and those salty old craggy boots or your stilettos. You're the one that's actually the one that's going to be there that make things happen. So you mean, it, it is that. Always keep going forward. Do listen to good advice and keep a good support mechanism. I guess for me. Nice. Listen, thank you, Tip. It's been an absolute pleasure to see you and speak to you again. Yeah, yeah. And um, thank you for your your pearls of wisdom. Uh, it's been a really, I think the people are going to get an awful lot from this. Oh, I hope so. This. I hope so. I might say, really just yeah. me telling spinning bits. 
Tell us stories. Bits. That's what this is all about. Yeah. Pull up a sandbag. As we, as we do. Yeah. Swing a lamp. That's it. Yes. So, listen, mate, thank you so much. It's no, no, much thank you very pleasure. much. And, no, um, rules. and, and we'll, if you're up for it once it's all, you know, I'll keep you posted when things are going to go, when it goes live and, and I'll, you know, we'll, we'll share it and get it as far and wide as possible. No, no. Crack on with it. Like I say, I'm, I'm always just, like I say, I'm keeping fingers and pies. So if anyone needs a, a crusty old commando to do his bits and pieces, I'm here. Yeah. Excellent. Well, I will, I will be telling everyone. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> Cheers, Arthur. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Yeah. Thank you.